Hey guys, welcome to The Breakdown. My name is Marissa Lise. I am the Church Online Campus Pastor here at Hope, and I am here with my two other co-hosts, Josh and Brock. How are you guys doing today? I'd say if I had a snappy thing to say right now. You'd say it? I'd say it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to just go ahead and skippy this section, <laughs> oh. and we'll move on. That's a peanut butter joke. Sorry, that was it didn't beautiful. work. Yeah. Now I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if this is your first time with us, every week we get together and we take a portion of the weekend teaching. And we break it down. So basically, we'll take like a, a verse that John maybe talks about or whoever's speaking, and we kind of dive into it, tell you more about the context, all that kind of things. But um, we're doing a little something special, mm. a little something special, special. We're doing a remix. <laughs> I appreciate that you did the noise because yeah. I was going to, but I I, I hesitated. Yeah. So thank you. I got gotcha. you. Remix. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> Does so, anyone else feel like that has a 90s feel to it? Mm-hmm. Just me. Definitely, yeah. but 90s is in. Okay. Just, 90s just is checking, cool just checking. right now. <laughs> Um, So basically, this is called Now I Know, and we're basically taking um, our stories and really sharing a little bit about what we've learned and and things that maybe we thought, and then we realize, oh, that was not so accurate about my life and and just kind of lessons we've learned. And so between the three of us, you know, we have different, we're in different seasons of life. Uh, We all have different experiences. And so it's just fun to get to know all of us a little bit. And um, hopefully you'll also learn something and be like, oh, now I know (laughs) as well. Yeah, and then uh, who was sharing what they've learned today, Josh? Is it you? Not me. Oh, it must be Mary Yours Day. Truly. It's Mary Day. This oh, is exciting. I hate it. <laughs> Mary Day. Um, but yeah, so I I want to share. I'm going to share a little bit about my hope history, but but we're going to get into that in a second. Um, but really, I wanted to share something that is actually very personal for me. Um, and so, if you hear my voice shake, it's fine. We're just trucking <laughs> through. It's fine. Um, but have you ever just like felt this pressure to feel? or to be a certain type of way, or to act a certain kind of way? Um, have you ever felt just exhausted, burnt out? Um, or, And this, this is really the core of it for me, but wondering if following Jesus might not really be as life-giving mm. um, as I thought. And maybe that there would be something else that I could actually enjoy freedom and joy, and, and I hadn't found it. Mm. So I've kind of asked myself that question in my life, and that's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy stuff. But um, it's the truth. And I, I started asking myself, if Christ died for my freedom, then why don't I feel free? And that is a really like a really a theme for my life. I, I feel like that's like my cyclical problem that comes up. And I'm like, tangled is the terminology that I kind of use where I just get tangled in different situations and things and, and get stuck again. And I think that's kind of where it started. But I started working at Hope. Six years ago. Wow. Six years. Woo-hoo. Not quite 12. And I remember, Did you say 12? I, no, no, but I remember the day that I first saw you or met you. Uh-huh. We were at Fuzzy's Tacos. Mm. I don't even know if you Did remember. Did you go that. to my lunch? No, oh, yeah. but I was there. You were there. You were at Fuzzy's. I was there and I met you and you were at your lunch on an interview at Fuzzy's mm. Tacos. Oh my gosh. I do were, remember that. And there was Mary Bag of Donuts, as we like to call Brock her. Said, I get some hot sauce? <laughs> Good times. <laughs> but anyway, so I started six years ago. And within that time, I have had, I kind of had to do the math a little bit. I have had five different titles mm-hmm. at Hope. And I've worked in three entirely different ministries. And I have loved working at Hope. Hope has been such a healthy place for me and such a place of healing. Um, it was my first ministry job ever. I came right out of Bible college. <laughs> Southwestern Assemblies of God University. She's at a university. I'm sorry, not a Bible <laughs> yes, college. She was at a university, a reputable I'll university. It, I'll Thank get you. it one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Um, but I came out of that and I, uh, this, so this was my first, it's kind of really 
all I've known as my, like as an adult, you know, growing up or, or even in college, you know, I had experience with churches, but this was kind of my first church that's like my own and that I, you know, picked and, and went to and all of that. And so I've been here and I love it, but the reality is I have had some not so pleasant seasons and and difficulties and burnout and exhaustion um, that I think are all tied to this kind of idea of freedom and getting tangled in these things that just get me all caught off guard. And so basically, if I were to sum it up, because I know that's kind of vague, <laughs> um, I it was never not always, usually someone else. It was usually in my own head. Mm. And someone would ask me to do a task and I would make that task like mini tasks. So it's like, oh, here's one thing. I'm going to do like a million things for that. Or maybe it's even, I was, some of the time I was just working outside of my natural strengths. At one point I was in student ministry. I would say I still love student ministry and I uh, definitely connect with students very easily. Um, But there were a lot of things when I was in that season where I was operating outside of what I was naturally designed, like my natural talent. So I was trying to be everything for everyone and not just be myself. And so that was kind of like my consistent like pattern, like in in every situation, every task and everything I had to do. Every time I went to lunch with a small group leader, anything I did, it kind of was cloaked in that. And, And so no surprise that I, next thing you know, I'm not feeling like any energy. I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel like a success. And I feel like I have to make everyone happy. Hmm. And sometimes it worked and I felt good about myself. Usually it didn't. And when it didn't, it was not good. It was so, not good. So would you say there was a little bit of perfectionism and oh, performance yeah. uh-huh. combined and that was ruling what was going on in your brain? Yeah, yeah. And and I think that when I realized that, um, it— I realized that it's everywhere in my life. It wasn't just like, oh, here, I'm trying to be good. But I think it was especially in church because I think we get into these situations. And, you know, when I got saved, I got saved as a junior in high school. And it was like, I kind of had like a pivotal moment for me that I would look back and be like, oh, yeah, that was the moment for me where I was like, yes, because I was kind of brought out of a really difficult situation. So I felt like I experienced freedom, right? Like I was like, I am no longer dealing with that. I am free from that situation. God is so good. And so quickly I felt I was taught how to be. And there was this expectation of how I was supposed to be and how I was supposed to act and where there was almost like this ignorance to that before, but it was like, I was like kind of enslaved to all these ideas and and who I should be. It was a, a new form of that. And it was now be a good girl, but be like this way. And it was tied to my faith now. Mm. And so now my faith is a cage because I'm thinking I have to be all these things and do all these things. And I can't truly do that. So at this point you found freedom in Jesus. But then all of a sudden you quickly had all these ideas of if I'm going to be in Jesus, I have to do and look like and think like and be all these things. And it became that perfectionist. uh, Yeah trap again for you. Yeah. And, and I, some of those were probably perceived. Yeah. Uh, but some of those were also probably received. Yeah. Like maybe you were actually told that yeah. by other people or. Oh yeah. I think it was definitely a combination of the two of those things. And so that was, and I, I also think that, um, yes, it's a little bit of my personality. You know, I think there's types of personalities, but I see this in all sorts of people and all sorts of situations where we just have a, a desire 
And I think it's out of wanting to be accepted. And, you know, I think there's a lot of different reasons why we might do it. Um, maybe shame or different things, but it's this desire to put on a mask or a face and being honest is like really scary. <laughs> and so we don't want to be honest. We want to, we want to be whatever, whoever's in front of us wants us to be, whether that's and whatever that can look different. So for me, it looks like perfection, but I think for some people it, it plays out in different ways because we start doing certain things for the benefit of being accepted, which who doesn't want that, right? So this may be a dated reference here, but do you guys remember there used to be a thing in the circus where a guy would have a bunch of sticks. He'd have plates on them, mm. and yeah. he'd get the plate spinning. He'd have to run around, keep oh, all yeah. the plates spinning. That kind of <laughs> sounds like you had all these ideas yeah. about what Christianity was, and you got to keep all those plates spinning. Uh-huh. So you're running around like a wild person trying oh, yeah. to keep appearances up for everybody else, yeah. and you're just running ragged, wearing yourself out. Yeah. You're like, how much longer mm-hmm. can I do this so that people think I'm a good Christian, and I'm a good minister, and I'm a good yeah. human being, and I'm wearing out? Yeah, and not even just people, but God. I felt like— there was a big connection now because of my faith that that's what earned my acceptance or approval. So I think that's almost the, the crux of it. And so Galatians is like a really big book for me to learn a lot of that because I feel like this is a church that had a freedom problem and that as they begin following this gospel of Jesus, they quickly fell back into a different type of—this uh, is like a really like churchy world, but word, but like— bondage. I don't know if bondage would be the right word, but just like enslaved to what they should be doing. And so I think that when I read about them, it's just like, oh, wow, that is definitely, I can see that in my own life. And I see that in church. Like I see that in church everywhere. When we we overanalyze what people look like, what people talk like, what people act like, and there's this overemphasis on presentation and an underemphasis on just following Jesus as a person and, and following him, which I, I know that's a blurry line though. And it can be kind of confusing for people, but this is a verse that I love. Verse uh, Galatians 4 verse 9 says, but now that you've come to know God or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? And I think that always hits home. And that's not the only one in Galatians. I feel like I was reading Galatians today before we got in here. I read... There were just, it was, I wish I could just sit here and read it to you guys. <laughs> like I could read it to the podcast just to be like, see, look, like we don't have to worry about that as much. Let's focus. Let's put our focus in a different direction because when we focus on what we should do or how we should look or what, what we're supposed to be, we get bound and we get tangled yeah. in all of this. And so it's, it's really a tricky, slippery slope, I think. And a little note on Galatians too, if, if you're listening and you have never read that book, uh, such a fan, it's, it's written by the Apostle Paul, such a fantastic uh, letter that he wrote to this church dealing with these things. Uh, and such great, uh, I think, imagery on, um, I think Galatians is where he compares kind of uh, the, the, the husband and the wife uh, are like kind of married by law, but then one passes away, that law no, no longer like, uh, they're no longer under that law or whatever. And so how, because Christ has died for us, we're free uh, from from like the law of like mm-hmm. sin and things like that uh, because of his crucifixion we're free from the power of sin mm-hmm. uh, and it goes on I think it's five one says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free yep, that's right and so it's such such a great reminder you stole my closing verse oh my gosh I'm, just I'm so sorry <laughs> oh, keep spinning those plates then <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah so so Mary so like you obviously aren't perfect 
in this. There's still some what? stuff you got to work Hold through. On. No, I know. I this just is told flash. you I'm working to be perfect, and yeah. I am. Yeah, I know, no, I'm I just kidding. <laughs> but like, so how did you start to get yeah. untangled, or how did you start to get? Yeah, move where you're finding some freedom in this area to deal with this a little bit better. I have some funny things to say about that, but I think there's two really big things and we'll kind of go into them. But the big thing was um, learning how to hold on to that truth. Like even when we're saying like Galatians, like I have to go back to that regularly. So I and I think that it's so important to exchange like what I feel and what I think is true about myself and, and compare that to who God is and his scriptures and his word. And so, and that's why I say it's tricky because like we're looking, we're like, but don't get caught up in, you know, what, what the, Bi-, you know, by Bi- it's not what the Bible says. It's, that's not what's the, the problem. It's problem is the focus on what I should do. And so I think that when I think that we got to hold on to that truth that's found in there, that for free, for freedom, crisis has set us free, you know, stand firm, don't submit again to the yoga slavery. But when you read Galatians, um, I saw a lot of the solas in there. And solas, so we've actually talked about that on this podcast. I don't know if we've talked about all of them. Have we? The sola, sola fide, sola gratia. I think we've only uh, focused on a few of the solas. I was going to say solo, not a sola, but that didn't make any sense. Did we, talk about, that, so. did we talk about Han Sola? We should. That and will be our next Wookie podcast. Friend. Now yeah, I, I know about Han, Star Wars. Yeah, Han Sola. <laughs> Uh, different kind of solo. Nice try, Josh. <laughs> the cutting so, eye glance was yeah. the best. So you see, um, you'll see, I think a lot of me learning these. So the solas, these kind of came about around the Reformation where Martin Luther, and I don't know if they're necessarily attributed to Martin Luther, but through the Reformation, these were the things that came to the surface of like, hey, this is like these foundational things in our faith and it's sola fide, fide. Excuse me if this is wrong. I'll correct you. Don't worry. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> sola gratia, solas. Christus, sola scriptura, and sola dio, dio gloria. And what does sola mean, Mary? Alone. So, so sola fide, faith alone, sola gratia, grace alone. I won't read all of them, but Christ alone, scripture alone, glory to God alone. But specifically that faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone has been transforming for me. And I think I learned that in Galatians a lot. And so just knowing like, it's not like, it's my belief in God alone. It's his grace for me, his grace over my situation alone and what he did. So it's this fixation on him and who he is. And I think that that's so important. So so exchanging the truth for the lie and kind of holding on to those things that really do justify us and make us right and make us good, not what we do, but what he did. But I've got some practical tips too. Please. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. So, so when you're talking about, so your focus went from more of a, humanitarian focus like mm-hmm. here's the things i got to do in performance based to yeah. more of a deity focus like yeah. i'm going to put my focus instead of what i need to do i'm going to put my focus on what he did is that yeah. kind of the mentality exactly. that was going on and that seemed to cause some freedom in your heart and your mind yeah a hundred percent and i think that that is why i kind of have um this anti how-to perspective where i um anytime i talk about it, i almost don't want to say well here's what i need you to do even though that's very helpful <laughs> it's almost I almost have this like hesitation because I'm like, okay, I need to know this truth first. So it's not that what I do doesn't matter. It does and it should be said, but let's not get too tangled in it and let's focus on, you know, what we know about God and ourselves. And so Mm. here's some practical tips. Um, First of all, and I think this is true for anything that we learn is recognizing having an awareness of when you're doing these things, when you're overanalyzing and overfocusing on these things, I think that 
just awareness in general for anything is just huge. <laughs> so kind of be be asking yourselves and looking at your lives. And we have examples, you know, that we've talked about here. Like maybe it's like when you go to church and you have to put on your Sunday best or when you act a certain way around a certain group of people, like this manifests itself in so many ways. And those might be tells yeah, that something not that, right is going inside of me. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the fruit of a deep belief that you have about a situation or yourself. Um, and then this this one, and I kind of hit on this a little bit, but it's doing the hard work of honesty. I hate it. I hate it. Um, this is something I learned in Regeneration, the program we have here, um, a recovery program. I went through it myself after a really difficult situation. And that was one of the biggest things I learned, actually, was like, how can I be my most honest self? And and as I did that, I started realizing when I was kind of adjusting to make someone else happy or or get the approval of someone else. And so I kind of lived by this and I, I definitely don't have it down by any means, but it's just kind of like, is that what I would say if they didn't hear me say it? Like if I were, like if I were right in front of them, my thoughts, would I be saying that for real? Hmm. Or is that something I'm just going to like not include because <laughs> it's uncomfortable? You something know? I kind of realized personally, probably within the last few years is when it comes to this kind of self-awareness and being honest is actually... I think the Lord just kind of helped me realize it, but I realized I really struggle being honest with God, which mm-hmm. is really kind of crazy to think about because he knows my heart better than I do. And yet, yeah. even in like prayer, I'm struggling actually being honest with what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, uh, what I'm struggling with. Yeah. And and he was able to help me see how that then connected with my struggle to maybe be honest, vulnerable, whatever with other people. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, And then another one is getting, um, I guess getting help is what I was going to say. But really what I'm trying to get at is have those close relationships where someone can really be honest with you as well. (laughs) So you might not realize you're doing it, but I promise you someone really close to you probably does (laughs) realize that you're doing it. And then um, go read Galatians. That's the biggest one. Mm. But this is kind of my fun one. This is like, there's... I don't, I'm not saying it's not Bible. I'm just not saying it is, okay? <laughs> You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I can see, I can see so, that. So um, move your body. Mm. Like I, there are just like some, I don't know the psychology here. I think there's psychology to this, but um, me going and starting to work out has changed my life. Um, but also like just dancing, you know, and yeah. like getting out, like a move, going on a walk and like getting out there. Uh, this is another funny <laughs> one that I do that's not necessarily move your body. But um, I tell, sometimes I'll be talking to someone and they're like really like worked up about something or dealing with something mentally. And I'll be like, you just need to scream. Like you just need to like let it out. Like let it go. Just scream. I was really hoping you were about to say, you tell them you just need to dance. But Dance sometimes that too, this is just a different expression of it. <laughs> no, and I remember when Mary started her exercise journey, we used to have this thing years ago. Whenever oh, we saw each gosh. other, we had to do push-ups. Yes. So if we uh, see in the hall, we'd have to do five push-ups. And, and Mary's Mary's been doing it for years now, yeah. exercising and really making that a focus. And I think that really is a way for your body psychologically yeah. to let some of the stresses go. And so, yeah. and it doesn't have to be nasty, vigorous exercises. Doing yeah. something to get your body moving is yeah, very good advice. Yeah, it could be just yeah. get up and go on a walk around yep. the building. I remember there was a time where when I was working and it was a very stressful season, I had an alarm and I would go and do a walk around the building. You know, just get out of my situation, out of my circumstance. Something we say at Regen is change playgrounds and playmates. It's not really necessarily the th- same thing, but our environment really does impact 
us in a lot of ways. And so I think yeah. that that's part of it too, just getting out of that area that you're in. And I so, think it was Paula Abdul who said, the rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> it's going to get you. It's going to get you one yeah. way or another. Yeah, I love that. That's good. So yeah, that's really, I mean, that is, that is it. And so I kind of want to conclude uh, with Galatians 5.1, um, which is for freedom, Christ has set us free. So for freedom, um, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, which is something I think that's where I, I live now. Like, cause I always want to go back. I always want to go back to earning it, improving it. And I have situations regularly where I'm confronted with it again. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So, yeah, yeah that's 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 my now I know in a nutshell. That's awesome. And so that's what I've learned through all of this. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's really great. And I hope that our listeners are also encouraged by that. And man, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Please join us on the breakdown where we're going to break it down. And we haven't said this in a while, but smash that subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> Smash it. It really helps out the channel. This is, these are the things that I learned yes. from YouTube. And share. So subscribe, yeah. leave a comment, join us at one of our campuses this weekend for one of our messages. Join us online. We look forward to seeing you again. Until then, adios. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.